Hi folks, it's Adrienne A. Wallace and you have reached me in the life room. It's October of 2017, just finishing out that first week and I am back from a conference and wanted to come on and do a podcast on criteria. And this is specifically for women who are having a hard time or have had or continue to have the experience of a relationship, a romantic relationship with a man with whom they feel disappointed, with a man with whom they feel that they have given their best effort, that they have availed themselves their kindness, their generosity, their time, only to find out that that man is effectively not worthy, is effectively unkind, disloyal, a cheater, a liar, and abusive emotionally and possibly physically. The thing is, We have criteria for so many things. In the United States and other parts of the world, we have a criteria for drinking. You need to be of a specific age, 21 in the United States and places like Canada, you need to be 18. We have criteria for driving. You need to be 16 years old in the United States to drive. And there are even curfews assigned when you're that young. We don't have criteria for other things that are mood altering the way that alcohol is and that can impact other lives the way that driving does. We have the free will of setting our criteria for our relationships. We even have criteria for sex that is governed by law. There's a certain age in which if you are involved in a sexual relationship with someone or you do something sexual with someone, you can be considered a pedophile or a child rapist, as the case may be. There are legal ages for sexual engagement. So when we see that we live in societies that actually put legal criteria around things that impact us chemically, emotionally, and can impact others, why is it that we would not take the same opportunity in governing ourselves? It is because we typically operate out of ego, out of an emotional base, and we're not as considerate of others or ourselves as we need to be. So criteria, imagine this. You came into life in a particular way and if you're conscious, awakened and aware of who you are and the experiences you've had and honest with yourself, you will also be able to tell what things made life a struggle harder for you hard for others to deal with you, and are not in your best interest. For instance, single parent homes have 
a higher likelihood of children having struggles in school, having struggles with relationships, and possibly not being able to see the very best examples of a romantic relationship. This is particularly the case when the single parent home is that of a single mother with multiple children. There is also difficulty and dis-ease when there are multiple children with a single mother and those children are the result of different relationships she has had or sexual encounters as the case may be because certainly all people are not the result of a relationship. And that's difficult. It's difficult for a lot of people because there is an ideal. And the ideal, even though it's becoming ever and ever decreasing with divorce rates, a lack of value uh, um, as it relates to marriage, what we're seeing is that a healthy home with two parents who are devoted to and admire and respect each other, raising a child or children together can typically render a more socially responsible, kinder, more confident, well-behaved child, young adult, and adult who finds it easier to interact with others, get along with others, and accomplish his or her goals. So in setting criteria, look at your own life. What would have been better or ideal? And set that as criteria for the person, ladies, particularly the man, that you choose to have a relationship with. Now, it is true that people don't necessarily have control over who it is that their parents decide to be with, who two people or which two people decide to get together to create children. They don't have control over whether or not parents get married or divorce or even like each other. But If you come from a single parent household and you know that that is something that has created strife in your life, if you have issues with your mother or for many women, daddy issues because of the absence or abuses or expectations not fulfilled by your father, then it is really important to seek the opposite in a male partner, a man who had his father in his life, has a good relationship with his father, has a respect for his father, and has a good example of manhood, responsibility, accountability, and loyalty as revealed by his father. A man who respects his mother, sees his mother playing a role full of accountability, respect, mainly self-respect, and showing up for her children. Drug abuse. Now, if this is something, I think we all know that drug abuse is bad, 
But this is not something that anyone can actually value. And so whether it is prescription pills, whether it is marijuana or weed, as people may call it, whether it's alcoholism or taking on high volumes of alcohol, nothing good ever comes from that. And so if you have that in your history, in your family, you really want to look for a partner who does not have that or rather is not susceptible to that. What does that mean? It means that you have to slow down and ask questions. Ask questions about their childhood, the use of substances, legal substances, drugs in their family, their own personal and recreational use of those things. Ask those questions. Take the time to not be so interested in getting physical, but find out about these elements of brokenness and whether or not it exists in a man. The death of parents. We certainly cannot control how life comes and goes, but someone who has lost a parent, particularly in their childhood, is not going to be as whole emotionally as a person who has parents who are actually in their elder years. Losing a parent, no matter what type of parent they might have been, is typically devastating upon a child or a young adult. So I, for instance, am very fortunate to have two now getting older, healthy parents who married each other, who had five children together. And I do feel like I am better for that because my notion of family, my notion of assembly, my notion of having accountability for each other within my family is strong. My desire for family, therefore, is also strong. So please understand that. Another thing to look at is whether or not there has been abuse particularly in the childhood of the man that you are dealing with romantically or dating in a relationship with. Ask the question. You'd be surprised how some people come to learn about sex. Men and women alike, there are many adult men and women alike walking around with the presence of childhood sexual abuse. Seems an oxymoron because the notion of child and sex don't go together. It shouldn't happen. You need to be a mature young adult, in my opinion, an emotionally stable young adult before sex and sexual intercourse is pursued. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are men who, unlike women, where this is more easily talked about, there are men who have a history of childhood sexual abuse. And oftentimes it is male figureheads in their own family or women 
in their own family or women who are associated with their own family who should be protecting, guiding, and mentoring those boys. And they are effectively used as sexual tools by women, oftentimes by older women. They're effectively raped, oftentimes repeatedly. And so their notion of women, their notion of sex, sexuality, doesn't include intimacy. They feel and see themselves as a tool and oftentimes develop Stockholm Syndrome and will cheat and be disloyal even when they have a particularly good woman in their life because they're seeking out women who mimic the behaviors and expose them to the antics of their sexual abusers. This is a strong, definitive fact. Men do not often like to talk about this. Nobody does. But it's an important question to ask and to understand that oftentimes when you see or experience or find yourself in a relationship with a male cheater, that's also a man who is a child of sexual abuse. It is not male to cheat. It is not just something that men do when it is not typical male behavior. When men cheat, it's because the way that sex and sexuality has been revealed to them is a way that has mental, emotional, and physical bruising, period. It was imposed upon them as opposed to something that they arrived at in a healthy manner. There's no notion of intimacy and trust. There is a notion of force and use, and therefore men do not see themselves necessarily as connected to women. They see themselves as a tool for women. And so pornography, the need for attention from women, via social media or dating apps, the need to sleep with random women, even the fact that they don't protect themselves in their sexual encounters. That is a trait of a man who's been sexually abused, kind of jumped into sex. Prison. Juvenile issues with the law is another trait of a man who is emotionally broken. Ask the question, find out his background, know for yourself whether or not a man has been subject to a system of institutionalization to either keep him away from the rest of society, or because he could not follow society's rules by virtue of previous criminal action. Also know what the nature of criminal action was. There are people and men who typically go down for crimes like burglary, 
<laughs> rape, violent assault, attempted murder, gun crimes. Unfortunately, there are a lot of women who hear that men have done some time in prison or have repeated arrest, and they don't ask at all or even go to look up what it is that these men were down for. It's important to know that. And it's also important to know that prison does not rehabilitate men or women for that matter. And so if you decide to engage or have a relationship with someone who has been involved in any of those crimes and has had had stints as a juvenile or otherwise in prison, please know that you're asking for a world of trouble and that you're typically dealing with an emotionally broken man. The criteria that needs to be set is not a criteria where you require someone to be perfect, but there are rules. There are age requirements. There are even height requirements and weight requirements for certain things in order for it to run, work, go smoothly, or have a lesser likelihood of a negative incident occurring. And so ladies, as we look to manage our lives, as we aspire to healthy relationships, as we work on ourselves and know that we are available, ready, mature, and healthy for an intimate relationship with a man. The criteria must be set. It must be handwritten. The rules should not be broken. The standards must be maintained. And when you do that, you show the world who you are. You show men who may have a romantic interest in you what you are. And they either rise to the occasion or they will leave you alone. There is a person divinely appointed in the 7.6 billion people on the planet, a person divinely appointed for you. And the universe is such a willing and a good universe that if you set your selection criteria as it relates to your mate, your man. And if you conduct yourself in your goddesshood and honor your high standards, that person will be revealed to you and your union will be for the healing of the world, the innovation and revelation of your art and the good of your life. Please know this, set your criteria, start now. Namaste.